Good afternoon. Thank you for joining me again for Business, the Law and You. Julian Campbell here. We've got another magical show for you this week. A bit later in the program, we'll have our tip from Harvard's Business Review, looking at making delegating easily. We'll also be talking with Christina about some highlights from an innovation conference. But right now, we have a very special guest, Jennifer Holland from ThroatScope. Good afternoon, Jennifer. Hi, Julian. Thank you for coming along the show uh, we've, with Christina. We've often talked about your wonderful achievements there and we thought uh, it would be great to have a chat with you about them. So uh, I suppose the first question is how did you come up with this wonderful idea? Uh, it was after a trip to the doctors with my 15-month-old baby. Um, you know, the doctor sat me down in the chair and he looked at my child and he said, I think he's suffering from a sore throat. So he got out the old wooden tongue depressor and handheld torch uh, and then he asked me to, you know, place one hand around his forehead and one hand around his arms. And he was trying to look inside his mouth with the wooden tongue depressor. And, you know, the, my child was sort of squirming on my lap. So it was that moment that I had my idea for throat scope. Mm. The aha moment. <laughs> That's right. So, I mean, obviously it's a long way from seeing a, a, an idea there and taking it to uh, fruition. What were your next steps? So I think there was three next steps that really, you know, helped me in this process. And it was the the researching, you know, on the internet to make sure that nothing else out there that could do what I, you know, thought would be the mm. key to accelerating my idea. But also a patent search. So um, I actually paid for a US patentability search to make sure that what I'd found on the internet, which was not a lot, um, you know, gave me the confidence that I was on the right track and then also building a, a prototype from things that I had at home. Um, it cost me $2.50 for my first prototype and it, um, you know, gave me the confidence that the technology and the products that I wanted to bring to the market was um, viable. So the patents, did you do a worldwide patent search? Yes, I did. So I actually did it through a U.S. Um, patent company at the time and um, they uh, that was like a worldwide patent search so brought everything up there was about eight patents in existence and they were all based on old technology so um, put us in a very good position moving forward. So with your $2.50 prototype did you then actually sell those designs or did you go and find someone that would actually make it for you? I actually got my first prototype was an LED torch and it was taped to a piece of polycarbonate plastic. And what I realized by doing that was the light bounced through the polycarbonate plastic and came out the end. And I fiddled around with different things that they'd used in the past or past patents that were 20 years old um, and the different technology they were using, which was a fiber optic cable. I sort of, um, you know, just played around with it. I had no knowledge in this area. So everything that I learned, everything about PCB, different plastics, you know, batteries, you name it, all came from the internet. Yeah, that's a good source, isn't it? So, yeah. so, so once you've uh, you got the idea up and running, you were one of the uh, people that went before the shark tank. Was that a challenging experience? Oh, it was it was a challenge. It was very nerve wracking. It was three months of full time prep work to get to that um, you know position and get onto the show. So you know you've really got to know your numbers. That's what it comes down to. The sharks want to know that you know your numbers and you understand it. Yeah. So um, I just see so many people fall over because you know the first thing the investors ask is when is my return? When am I going to you know 
see something um, for what I'm giving you or what I'm putting in. And, and, and that, you know, it's very important to have a, a good answer for that so that you can um, feel confident in yourself. And particularly in a situation where you're up against, you know, five of Australia's most amazing entrepreneurs. Yeah. And, and it's amazing how many people in business really do not understand their figures. No, that's right. And look, the, the key there is if you don't understand them, I just need, you just have to go and get that help or support from an accountant and understand it, sit with them for days, for weeks, however long <laughs> it takes for you to actually understand it. So they've taken a step forward, and congratulations on winning your recent silver award over in the states. There, what what does that mean for you? Uh, it, you know, to be internationally recognised, you know, as an innovative product, um, and you know, for our product, but also for our team to be recognised, and for you know, to go up against major pharmaceutical companies, global pharmaceutical companies, is just. Uh, you know, an achievement that will, will definitely go down in the history books for us and, um, and, and, yeah. a, and a huge highlight for um, what we've achieved over the last couple of years. I think most importantly, it gives us the in the US market. And, and I see you've put a lot about it on, the, uh, on your website, which is uh, fantastic. Where, where do you see ThroatScope going to next? Well, we are just about to kick off our capital round B um, raise, and that will actually accelerate and expand our um, our company into the Asia and European markets. So, um, and we're also looking at putting on a few more employees in the US, which will actually um, continue to grow the sales over there. So, yeah, we're, we're sort of um, you know venturing into these uh, Asia, which is a huge market mm. for us. Um, and it, we're very excited for it. The, the feedback that we're getting over there and, and the support that we're seeing is just, it's amazing. It really and, is. And obviously you've got a big foot already into the American market. Is it much bigger than the Australian market for you at the moment? Oh, America has, um, you know, in one month I think we've signed up about six new U.S. distributors. Yeah. So it's just, it, it, it's 15 times larger than Australia. It's It's just... It definitely is mind-blowing to think that, you know, we can accelerate and grow as quickly as we have, you know, in the last three months. So I'm excited to see what's going to be ahead now and what's in store for us. Well, actually, we do have an app coming out um, as well. Okay. So um, that'll take us into the telehealth space, which yeah. will provide people at home with an added benefit along with our, um, you know, throat scope device. So... We're very excited to be launching that in the next month. Well, we're very excited with you and uh, we'd like to keep in touch and keep up to date with uh, what you're doing so that we can tell our uh, uh, wonderful people here in Newcastle. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. We'll, we'll have to chat with you another time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Jennifer Holland there from ThroatScope, one of our wonderful enterprising uh, entrepreneurs. Time to pop over to Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you today? I'm well, and welcome back from uh, your trip to the States. Thank you. It was a very whirlwind, let me tell you. I think I crossed four different time zones in about, I don't know, eight days or something, so my body quite <laughs> hasn't caught up yet. I just did, I once did the whole of America in one, in uh, uh, seven days. Oh my goodness, yeah. Visiting factory yeah. after factory. So, yes. um, and all you see is motel rooms, and people go, wow, that was a good trip. 
<laughs> yeah, they say, yeah, did you have fun? You go, well, it was a different kind of fun. It's not the kind of fun that you're that you're used to, but like I, I had a ball. I worked nonstop the whole time I was there, but I absolutely had a ball. Well, well, one of the fun you did have was uh, the uh, Front End Innovation Conference, so we're going to chat about the highlights of that. Yes, so there were several highlights. So the Front End Innovation Conference happens um, happens every year. It's been ha- this is its twentieth year, so it's been going. Oh, sorry, seventeenth year. It's been going for quite some time. It was um, in, an inspiration of a, uh, a gentleman by the name of Peter Cohen, uh, who does a lot of research. But he's, it was interesting the way he puts the, co- the conference together. He wants a mix of academics and non-academics. Mm. Uh, and it was the first time I've actually heard of a conference described in its format as that. So for me, it's usually keynote speakers, and I, I, I don't mind where their background is, you know, but to have, I think from his perspective, because he has been in academia for so long, to have that research base um, mixed and married with the realities of what goes on um, in industry is a really interesting way of looking at things. So, for example, Clay Christensen, who is an academic um, and is known as the father of, innov- of disruptive innovation, he was one of the speakers. And I have to tell you, Julian, he was remarkable. Mm. And he is also remarkably tall. So <laughs> he's six foot seven. It's just, you know, standing next to him, I felt like, a, you know, I usually, I'm not that tall anyway, but I. I really felt dwarfed, um, but dwarfed by his presence and his knowledge as well. So he was a highlight for me, listening to him talk. And he has a he looks at things in in terms of what job are you doing for your target market. So even he gave um, himself as a, as a husband, you know, he said, as a husband, what job am I doing? And this is his new train of thought and what he's, he's um, I guess, thinking about at the moment to write his next piece of research on. But he says, as a provider, what job is it that we're doing for our target market? And that married very well for me um, uh, with with another speaker there by the name of Chris who had – he is thinking in terms of categories. So he's he's doing a bit of work in categorising rather than niche marketing at the moment. So, for example, he says uh, with with Apple, he said – most legends, he says, pull pull three types. They're right. their, their product, their company, and their category. So if we look at Apple, we see what their product is. We have a look at the company, and we also look at the different categories they've got. And he says, he says it's time for people to start thinking in terms of categories and what is a growth category. How do you do the metrics around investors on growth categories? Um, what does it mean to be, you know, what's your minimal viable product in terms of the growth category, and he gave a really good example of a of a woman who's designed basically a girdle. You know, so I'm, I'm sure you remember girdles. I, I'm not that you know. I'm suggesting that you wore one, but my mother my mother used to wear girdles. You know, so and, and steppings they were called. Um, and this woman has come up with um, a product, and she's called it shapewear. So she's created a, a, a new category around that. Had she had she marketed Girdle Brand Two, or you know, here's another Girdle or Girdle of the 21st Century, it wouldn't have had quite the yeah, same ring. So yeah. yeah, she's created a brand new category around that. Um, but I've got to say, another another highlight for me uh, was actually meeting Mark Randolph from Netflix, oh, yeah? um, and then listening to his whole story about you know and about how they came up with Netflix and how the idea was born in a, in a combi when they were travelling in between you know locations and how they kept working on the idea and there were two of them that were bouncing it backwards and forwards um, and then it, it grew and it evolved and it changed. And, you know, at one point in time, they were $50 million in debt uh, oh. and they had decided to go and sell to, to Blockbuster. So they went to Blockbuster and they said, you know, here's our, here's our concept, here's our design, 
Um, and Blockbuster said, well, how much do you want for it? And they said $50 million. And Blockbuster went, no way. Um, mm. See you later. And they walked out of there absolutely determined to keep Blockbuster's backside, uh, and they did eventually, you know. But mm. they were they were in the depths of absolute debt, debt. Um, and, and came back out of it just by iterating a couple of things about the organisation and how it worked. Lots and lots of case studies that we, I would love to talk to you about over the over the next few weeks. Um, but Netflix was quite a fascinating journey, and it was you know again ten year story overnight success. Yeah, here we go. Um, you know, it, it's such a common theme, and that hard work, resilience, determination. How many times are you prepared to get back up again? Yeah. I cannot tell enough people that information. You know, yeah. so don't give up. If you really believe in something, do not give up. And of course, for those of us that don't aren't uh, as lucky as you, tripping overseas and watching all these people, YouTube is a fantastic source for all of those inspirations sure. and see where those uh, all those businesses started from. It sure is, Julian. And, and the other thing is, like you know, what you're doing. So, hello, I, I've managed to go over there as a guest to the conference, come back, bring all the information, um, and you extract it out of me. You know, so yeah. anywhere where you can gain information is fantastic. It's a you know, the entrepreneurial business, disruptor, innovation, you know, sustainable innovation, whichever way you want to look at it, it's a learning journey and it's constant, constant, okay. constant. Okay, well, let's have another chat next week about a bit more of the uh, innovation conference. We shall. I look forward to it. Have a great week. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina there with uh, some of those highlights from the conference and, uh, yeah, a lot of it's just common sense, isn't it? But sometimes we just don't look at it in the right way. Time for a Harvard Business Review tip. This one was making delegating easier. All managers know that they're supposed to delegate, but too many of them are still doing too much themselves. What's an overburdened manager supposed to do? First, pay attention. If you're swamped, and especially if you find yourself having to say no to new work, this is a sign that you may not be delegating enough. Come up with a process that lets you delegate something and be done with it. Delegation is useless if you spend time managing the process or answering follow-up questions. Delegating well requires efficient, clear communication. Minimise time spent in meetings, but not to the point that you need to have the same conversation twice. And don't forget to have processes in place, ideally once ones that require little of your time, to check your staff's work so that you can trust it. Invest in resources that will make delegation easier. If there's a new technology that lowers coordination costs and make collaboration easy, don't skimp. Make delegation as seamless and as possible is always a good investment. So an interesting comment there. And just a reminder that last week we spoke about exploring being my own boss. Uh, fantastic new workshops that's coming up from New Hunter Business. So if you're interested, you can contact uh, them through www.newhunterbusiness.org or uh, you can find them on 1800 815 705. 1800 815705. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. In a moment, Greg Richard will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to chat with Amanda Morris about business insurance. We'll have our Minute on Innovation with Christina. And of course, some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. 
I'd love your company again for Business, the Law and You at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Walt Disney once said, if you can dream it, you can do it. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>